We as humans make it so difficult. God, the, the bottom line is on this Valentine's Day, no matter who loves you or who doesn't, whoever you didn't get a card from, whoever didn't give you chocolates and flowers, God gave you chocolates and flowers on the cross at Calvary. Amen? God, God, God gave you chocolate-covered strawberries and roses, whatever you really, my, my brother in the back went, ooh, when I said chocolate-covered strawberries. Amen. They're good. But God is better. God's, God's love will find a way for you. You got to trust him. You got to believe him. God's love will find a way when you're tore up from the floor up. You know, when, when you think you have no way, no hope, no future. Like I said, I, I've connected with so But, you know, this Valentine, it is Valentine's Day, and I was going to try not to have a message that would be incorporated with Valentine's Day, but this really isn't because this is about God's love, not man and woman's love. Amen? The, the Valentine's love that y'all be focusing on is the Eros one where we get the word erotic from, but, um, you know, and Cupid striking your heart and all that good fuzzy stuff. And when your kid's in school, everybody's got to get a Valentine. And you remember the little hearts with the thing that said, you, oh, be mine. Amen. I wish they should, they should have made a little heart that said, stay away from me. But. <laughs> But it's not about that. You know, you give little Valentines out to everybody. But you know, when the first best, greatest Valentine was ever presented to the world was Jesus on the cross. That was the best Valentine message that anybody could ever give and then be received. Because remember, Jesus even said, greater love hath no man except he lay his life down for his friend. And Jesus laid his life down for us as an act of love that can never be taken, can never be removed from your heart or from your life, no matter how hard any man try, no matter how hard that devil try, Jesus' love will always find a way. Jesus' love is always there for you. Jesus' love is the love that will perpetuate you into victory and into success and into not giving up and not going down. It's the love of God that makes you more than a conqueror. Amen? It's not, it's not the words that come out of your mouth. It's not, it's not what you believe or what you think. It's the love of God. Turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8, and we're going to start reading in verse 37. Romans, el libro de Romanos, capítulo 8, versículo 37 a la 39, hallelujah. Don't make me go there. No. <laughs> hallelujah. 
Watch out, if I get my hands on that Babel app, y'all in trouble. I'll come in here and start speaking in Creole or something. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes, Romans 8, verse 37, verse 39 for all the other gringos in here. Hallelujah. And don't forget, we stand when we have the, the word in reverence of his holy word. If you're watching and you need prayer, don't forget, call our prayer line. Deacon Bridget is just ready to pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So the word of the Lord reads, says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's read that again one time. One more time. It says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord, you may be seated. Now, nay, in all these things, notice there's a word there that says we. We are more than conquerors. That means you. That means me. That means the person sitting next to you, if they're a believer, are more than conquerors. But it's not about the person. Doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. Doesn't matter how much service you do at the church or what you, how much you don't do at the church. I mean, of course, it's always better to serve at your church. But it's nothing about you, me, I, or the person next to you. Notice the next part of that verse is, about the love of Christ that he gives us. See, it's through the love of Jesus that you get power. It's through the love of Jesus that you get your victory. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know anybody else that loves somebody so much that they died for him or her and then rose again. Now, there may be some humans that love somebody enough that they jump in front of a bullet or they do whatever they have to and they take their, they let their life be taken for somebody else. But any one of them ever resurrect from the dead? No. Was any one of them the Son of God sitting on a heavenly throne and decided to come down into humanity and take on fleshly man to become a sin, a, 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 a sacrificial sin, even when he lived a sinless life? No. Only Jesus. So it's only through Jesus and his love for us that we become more than conquerors. But then notice Paul. Because you know, there's always going to be people say, yeah, but what if? There's nothing that separates you. Nothing you can do to make Jesus not love you. I mean, he did say only one unforgivable sin, that's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. But I don't believe anybody in here is going to be blaspheming the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moved too real in here for y'all to blaspheme him, amen? Y'all know it's the Holy Ghost, amen? Y'all ever need a refresher, just go watch the video of Emma's eyes getting opened. And you can feel the atmosphere in here that day, amen? You, all you got to do is watch the video, and you can feel the presence in the atmosphere of God on that day. Nor height, nor depth, 
Now, notice he says, for I am persuaded. That means he believes. He's persuaded. He has, see, remember, Paul was a hater of Christians. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Paul did not like Christians. Paul was on his way to Damascus to get, to get, Orders sealed, signed, and sealed to be able to persecute more Christians. Then he had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus knocked him off his horse, told, spoke to him, and now you have Paul. So when you're in Paul says, I am persuaded, that's meaningful because Paul was on the other side of the spectrum when it came to Christians. Pastor, how does that apply to me? Because when we weren't living with God and we were living in sin, we were all on the other spectrum as well. We were diametrically opposed to the kingdom of God. So now we can say, I am fully persuaded. See, because you don't know where your neighbor's been. I don't know where your neighbor's been. But each and every one of us knows where we've been. And we know where we are, what we were doing when God's love found us. And we've seen the difference since God's love's found us. And we can say, I am fully persuaded. I fully believe that God's love saved me. And no height, no depth, no sin, nothing that I've done will ever separate or remove his love for me. Now, that's not saying you can choose not to receive it, but his love is always there for you. See, a lot of us, we fall short, and then we think there's no more hope for us, so we give up. We make a mistake, we fall down, we sin, and instead of calling on the love and the grace of God, we keep going further away from God. Because we still don't fully believe in his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. See, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Trust me. You're all going to step on each other's toes. You're all going to get your toes stepped on. But when your toes get stepped on, it's the love of God that finds a way for you to forgive the person who stepped on your toes. Because think about it. If I was Jesus, y'all whipped me. Y'all beat me beyond recognition. Y'all pulled the hair out of my beard or my head that I don't even have anymore. Right? And you put me on a cross. I'm sorry. I would not have been, Father, forgive them for what they know, not what they do. I'd be like, Father, zap each and every one of them with a light of bolt and angels come down and whoop some human flesh up. That's how I'd have been. But that's not God's forgiveness. He laid there on the cross with his arms spread wide. And he told a criminal on the other side, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It is finished. Because he loves us so much. Jesus does not take record or, or, or keep uh, uh, records of your wrongs and your faults. Once you come to Christ, once you bow your knee to Christ, and you, come, and you ask him in your heart as your Lord, you get a brand new start on life. A 2 Corinthians 5.17 start on life, where all things pass away and all things become brand new. 
And then the Bible also says that he throws your sins as far behind his back as far as the east is from the west and remembers them not. That version, mean, that meaning remembers them not, meaning he chooses not to remember. So if you give your life to Christ and then something from your past comes up and you remember it and you start feeling bad about it, that's the devil. That's the enemy trying to get you to turn your back and walk away from Christ. Christ is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I look at my book. Hey, man, I, oh, whoa, there's, there is this stuff that's been blotted out by my blood, but I can't see it because my blood covers it. Did you hear that? It says, I can't see it because my blood covers it. See, the blood of Jesus heals us. The blood of Jesus covers our sins. Now, I'm not one's going to tell you that the blood that he shed covers a sin you're going to do tomorrow. If you sin tomorrow, you're going to have to get right with God about that sin. But the blood is still there. The love is still there for you to get it. You can say, hey, God, oh, man, God, I dropped the ball. Forgive me. He's like, permission, grace granted. He doesn't go, well, you know, you know, like us humans, well, you know, you just keep making the same mistake. I think you need to learn a little better, harder lesson. No, he doesn't do that. He forgives you. No height, no depth. Nothing can separate you from the love that God has for you. That's good news. You can, you, you can make mistakes. How many, how many hate making mistakes? How many hate it when others make mistakes that affect you? <laughs> right? But we have to find a way to love when the others make the mistakes. Because when the shoe's on the other foot, we want the love from them. When, when, when I make a mistake, I want that love of God, and I want the grace of God, and I want the mercy of God, and I want the forgiveness of God. And that's what life is all about. You see, when, when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for each and every one of us, there's nothing can take that act of love away. You're covered by his blood. No height, no depth shall ever separate you from that love that God provided on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. And that love is what makes you more than a conqueror. See, because that love that God did for us on the cross is what gives us, us authority over the devil. Because the devil thought he had him when he had him on the cross. He thought he had him, but he didn't. Because my Savior, three days later, rose up out that tomb. See, I can, I, I can say beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's no bones in my Savior's tomb. Go try to dig up my Savior. Go try to exhume him to prove that he's there. He's not there. He's sitting at the right hand next to the Father in full authority. And because there's no height, no depth that can separate you from the love of God, you can call on that authority and be a conqueror. Notice, Paul, fully persuaded, does not say just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Any conqueror that you face, you're more than that conqueror. Because of the, but it all starts with the love of God. God, you know, can you imagine? You, Jesus, you chilling in heaven. Second in charge over all the angels and everything in heaven. 
Man is still out of control, Jesus. We got to do something about it. I can't flood the earth again because I promised him I can't. I've already, I've already destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with hails and fire. This, man, this creation of ours, left to their own devices, just can't get it right. So what are you going to do? Father, I'll go. Send me. Born a miracle. If you remember, Christianity begins in a virgin womb and ends in an empty tomb. Amen? And there's a 33-year period where our Savior, Jesus, lived a sinless life but died the death of a sinner on the cross, took the penalty for you and I so that we can be free and that that love can make us more than conquerors. And remember, more than conquerors means also more than a conqueror over our own emotions, our own feelings, our own desires. See, it's not just about being, see, we all focus, I'm more than a conqueror over you, devil. Well, then why aren't you over conqueror over letting that spirit of fence come upon you? Why aren't you more than a conqueror than feeling the love and gratitude for all the things you have in your life? Oh, Lord, you know this is not where I'm supposed to be. Why am I still here, Lord? Well, because... That's exactly why. We gotta, that's exactly why. He's like, well, how can I bless you and take you to the next level when you haven't even come to, great, to appreciate what I've done for you to bring you here? God loves each and every one of you. Notice, like I said, in that first verse, it doesn't say uh, that I am more to conquer. It says we. Notice Paul is always referring to the body. We are the body of Christ. We're supposed to be united and have victory over the kingdom of darkness. God's love will find a way in your life, people. But you've got to open the door and let him, like the Beatles say, open the door. Or is it Paul McCartney? Let him in. You've got to open the door and let Jesus in. When we're praying for people, Pray for God's will and God's blessings on their lives, not your will and your thing on their life. A lot of, you know, if you're doing that, you're actually practicing witchcraft, but we'll leave that. We'll, we'll, you don't pray your will over somebody else's life. You pray God's will for their life. Even if you think you know what they need, and you may know what they need, but let God be the one to decide when and to distribute what he thinks they need when they need it. Amen? But, you know, God is just an awesome, an awesome God. I, I, he, he just does so much in our lives, and, and a lot of us, you know, we got to stop taking God for granted. He is an awesome, and he's a wonderful God. David, David knew how it was for God to find him. In, in Psalm 86, verse 11, it starts, it says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. And unite my heart to fear thy name. I think a lot of the things lost in this church is the fear of God. Not this church, because we all fear God here. I'm talking about in the, in the church in general. There's been too much of a complacency and more of a matter-of-factness with God. I mean, do you have people that when you first met them, you had a great... You, you, you didn't want anything to ever happen to that relationship, and you were like not in fear, but you just wanted everything you could do to make sure that relationship worked right. And now it's been years, and it's just another relationship. Hopefully, that's not a marriage. But even with family, or sometimes, you know, but we got to get back to the place where we fear God. 
And not fear God because of punishment. Fear God because of his awesomeness, of his magnificence. Fear God because, I mean, fear God because we saw him open blind eyes right here. Who else could open blind eyes but our God? Who else could take stage four cancer from people but our God? See, that fear means to be in awe of him. You should wake up every day in awe by God. Look at what you created today. I love palm trees. I'm getting, now, they're all over Florida now. I mean, when I lived in New York, I loved them. I was like, wow, palm trees. I wish I could have a palm tree. Now they're all over the place. But I still look at them, and I thank God for creating beautiful palm trees. When the birds are singing, that, that's all they know how to do. They're worshiping God in their own way. Thank God for the birds. Then he says, I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. See, there can be nothing else in your heart but your love for God. Anything else that gets in your heart that's not a love for God, and God has to be first, God will remove it eventually. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. So we can't let idols develop in our heart. We've got to love God with all our heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art God, full of compassion and gracious long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid. See, David knew that no matter where he was, he was never out of the reach of God. David was a bad boy. David committed adultery. Then David tried to commit adultery with having the husband come home and, you know, have relations so that there'd be no proof that it was his. And then when that didn't work out, when his man, when his man had more valor than David and said these words, he said, how can I go have a good time with my wife while my brothers are out dying on the front line? And he slept outside the house. Oh, that took away that. Okay, let's kill him. This is David. This is one thing David did. If you don't believe me, find it. Look up the story of Bathsheba. You will find it. David was a mighty, mighty, victorious warrior, killed thousands of people. David, he fell short. David was one who knew he fell short. But David also knew that all he had to come to God is with a contrite spirit and a broken heart and be like, Lord, forgive me for what I have done and come rescue me. Come help me. Come be here with me. Be here because, because, because I know Romans hasn't been written yet, but I know that there's no height, there's no depth that can separate your love from me, oh God, because you were with me when I was fighting the lion. You were with me when I was fighting the bear. You forgave me when I sinned with Bathsheba. I know that you're here for me. Lord, come. Lord, help me. And it's that simple. We as humans make it so difficult. God, the, the bottom line is on this Valentine's Day, no matter who loves you or who doesn't, whoever you didn't get a card from, whoever didn't give you chocolates and flowers, God gave you chocolates and flowers on the cross at Calvary. 
Amen. God, God, God gave you chocolate-covered strawberries and roses, whatever you really. My, my brother in the back went, ooh, when I said chocolate-covered strawberries. Amen. They're good. But God is better. God's, God's love will find a way for you. You've got to trust him. You've got to believe him. God's love will find a way when you're tore up from the floor up. You know, when, when you think you have no way, no hope, no future. Like I said, I, I connected with somebody found me after 20-something years. Back, for those of you, you know, I was a rock and roll musician. I had hair down to here, and I was tore up from the floor up. I was a mess. But I was a good mess when I was on stage. But get me off the stage, that was the only thing I was good at. The rest of my life was a mess. And God's love used people to snatch me out of that lifestyle. Even when I, I came and I started playing worship at the church. But then I slipped a little more. Because you know, people just, okay, a lot of people think you get saved and you come to God and Tinkerbell takes over. Pixie dust. And you're never going to have any opportunities to make mistakes again. Well, I had an opportunity. I made some mistakes. But the people of God still loved me. And they loved me right back into the church. And they loved me right back on the platform playing worship. They loved me right back into the head sound position at this church. They didn't kick me to the curb. They didn't throw the baby out with the bath water, as they'd say. They grabbed me and they loved me and they encouraged me. And they, and they, they helped me stand up when I couldn't stand for myself. That's the love of God. When you can't stand up by yourself, God will bring somebody else to hold your hand, to guide you in the process where you need to go. And because of people like that is why I'm here where I am today. Because imagine if they'd have turned their back on me, I might have got an attitude with the church. I might have been like, well, I thought y'all was supposed to love me. Let me go back out to where they love me. Let me put me back up on a stage where I can feel some love for an hour and a half every night. And the rest of the life be held, but that one hour and a half was good. No. They wrapped their arms around me. Put me back in place. Not right away, because there's always a healing process. There's always, you know getting rid of the stragglers that carry out. You know, you know when you go out into the world and you fellowship with the world, stuff attaches to you. Huh? Don't think you go out of, don't think y'all, to, to, to last night you went to Ebor, was clubbing it, doing a stinky leg and all that, and ain't nothing attached to you. There's a lot of stuff attached to you if you was there. But they loved me, no matter what. They were able to see beyond the person and see the love of Christ and see that there was a purpose and there was a plan for my life. I'm standing here looking at a bunch of purposes and plans for your life right now, right here. 
And I know there's people watching on Roku and on Facebook and on YouTube and on and all the platforms. I know if you're, if you're watching us in Tokyo today, there's a promise for you in your life. God has a purpose for you in your life. No matter what the world has told you, there's a purpose for you in your life. And it's because of the love of God you'll be able to conquer whatever's stopping you from getting you to your purpose. Because you know there's a devil that wants to stop you from getting to your purpose. Here, you see, he is already defeated. You know, and I actually can use this as a Super Bowl reference. Last week's Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, what, was it, what are they? Oh, Buccaneers now. <laughs> hey, Pastor. Anyway, they were in the Super Bowl against a team called the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs were supposed to do a lot better than they did, but first off, the defense was top. But even when it got towards the end, I remember even thinking, like, when there's two minutes, even three minutes, four minutes, I'm like, this game is over. Why don't the Chiefs just walk off the field and forfeit? Because there's no way they can win. But what do they do? No, they give every bit of steam because anything can happen. We may get a pick six. We may get this. We may get that. And they go right up to the last knee down, ticks of the clock are gone. Well, that's the devil, too. The devil already knows he's defeated, but whatever he can do to mess up your life, he may want to catch you on a penalty of offsides. He may want to catch you on a penalty of false procedure. Whatever it is, he wants to do what he can to stop you from getting to that end zone to finish the game. He wants to come after you, but God's love says, no more, no more, no more. Hands off my child. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. And God's love will always find a way. Come on, say God's love will find a way. He'll find a way for me, for my purpose, and for my life. God's love will find a way. Hallelujah. And look at this. In 1st John chapter 4. And I'm going to close with this. I may go to one more, but John 4, verse 9 says, And this was manifested, the love of God, toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his only son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, I just want to talk about that word propitiation. Because first of all, God sent his son so the world that we may live. Live free from being bound by that devil. But then he says here, the propitiation. Let me give you an illustration of what a propitiation is. How many in here have ever been in trouble with the law? How many ever had to stand before a judge? Or know somebody that had to stand before a judge? So let's say, I'm not going to pick anybody because I don't want you all to get mad at me. But let's say this person, I'll say me. 
I'm standing before the judge. I'm being accused of being an Atlanta Falcons fan. No, I'm just kidding. Which is true. But I'm accused of some crime that deserved that I did. Let's say I killed somebody. And all the proof has been proven. My prints are on the gun. The, the, the ballistics match the gun. They've got all this evidence and they're about to bury me. They've already proven their case. I'm standing before the judge for sentencing. And in walks Deacon Day. <clears throat> Excuse me, judge. This man, yeah, 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 he did, he did the crime. But I want to take his penalty. Send me to jail. Send me to death row. But let my brother live. That's a propitiation. And that is what Jesus did for each and every one of us on the cross at Calvary. Because prior to our relationship with him, we are sinners on our way to eternal hell. Amen. Wait, last verse. We are going to go here. We're going to go to this last one. First John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. So the reason I want to close with that is because when you give your life to Christ, you become a part of the family of God. Now, yes, that says sons of God, but that refers to mankind. So if you're a female and you come to Christ, you would become a daughter of God. You become God's daughter. If you're a guy and you come to Christ, you become God's son. And we're all born to become God's sons and daughters through the love that Christ shed on the cross and set to set us free. So just as we leave and as we close, as you're watching online or on Roku or wherever you're watching, remember this. That God's love found a way to the cross so that we can be free from living a life full of sin and control by that enemy, the adversary that we call the devil. No sin that you have committed, except for blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, can separate you. The only unforgivable sin, he says, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Every other sin thrown behind his back, chooses to remember it not, covered under the blood of Jesus, forgiven, 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 forgiven. So whatever it is you've done, if you have never given your life to Christ, today's an opportunity to get a brand new start, to have everything in your life that you did prior to this moment covered under the blood, blotted out so that God, they can't, when the enemy tries to accuse you, Jesus will say, hey man, there's something there, but it's under my blood. Love will find a way. Hopefully, God's love will find a way in our hearts to help us become better people, better believers that will actually believe in the word and believe in forgiveness, believe in grace, believe in mercy, believe in what compassion and to do what we do on Saturdays by feeding people. I can't wait for the day when we have the place where we can have a hot soup kitchen. Amen. And we can feed people hot meals. 
every day of the week where we don't have to have other people in mobile vehicles going out and door. They can come here and feel that's coming. I pray for the day when we have a warehouse where when they want to offer me a truck full of stuff, I can take the truck full of stuff and say, bring it. Brother Ray will pull up the forklift and take it off your truck and put it in the storage. Praise God. Amen. God's love will find a way for that. God's love will find a way in your life, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. Amen. World Harvest Worship Center. Reaching our world one life, one city, one nation at a time.